Fun Belt Podcast. Fun Belt Podcast. Fun Belt Podcast. Fun Belt Podcast. It's just a, a great conference that is at a at a point right now where they're I think clearly the best group of five conference in the country. The state of Sun Belt football is the strongest in our history, uh, and we got to continue to showcase uh, what our league is about. This league is insane. Yeah, it might be like one of those eight wonders of the world. <laughs> and you can see just what a great group of five conference it really is. It, it's a big deal. Boy, life is looking pretty good in the Sun Belt these days. on with our basketball preview for the fun belt podcast last year's champion jeremy who's the texas state who was Bobcat. last year's champion was it texas state it was texas state with now first year head coach i know it sounds weird he was the interim last year though yeah. terrence johnson joins us thank you thank you guys for having me I, I appreciate it dusty and um and jeremy you know it's been uh it seems like it seems like i've been doing this job for, for six years already but it had been <laughs> I'm telling you, when your months turn into years, man, things, you know, you, you know, you got an intense job. So I'm enjoying it. Uh, waking up every day, just blessed and appreciative for the opportunity. Well, head coaching will certainly put the years on you. Is, is that is that right? You know, when you start as an assistant, you can kind of be in the shadows. Now that you're head coach, you got to deal with the boosters. You got to deal with the parents. You got to deal with the fans. How is that? How is that transition? How, or is that much of a transition? It's, it's, it's quite a transition. You know, I'm, I'm getting accustomed to it. Um, just being more of a decision maker than a guy that gives occasional suggestions, you know. So, um, you know, making a decision for every single thing that goes on with your program every single day and understanding that your decision making will affect every single person. So uh, it's a process, you know, and, um, and it's one that, I, that I'm trying to embrace every day. But, uh, you know, I'm blessed to be in this position. A lot of people out there would love to be doing the things that I'm doing. So, um, so you know, God has shown favor on my life, and I just want to be obedient. Obviously not the way you want to be kind of that next man up of, of how you got that head coaching or interim head coaching job last year. But how did you kind of embrace that and, and get your team ready to go? I mean, 12-3 and three as an interim head coach is unbelievable in the Sunbelt Conference. Yeah, I think, you know, focus on what we could and could not control. You know, um, when when opportunities are given to you, you know, it's it's not like that you have a, you have much say so on how someone gives you an opportunity. Uh, and if someone gives you an opportunity, then they believe in you for however long, how many, uh, however long that 
you know, they may say it's for, you know, um, for me, um, last year was a lifetime because it it was something that if I was going to live in the moment, every second of every day, you know, I wasn't going to look at it as, you know, I wasn't going to start a countdown. I was just going to, you know, be, be in the moment and enjoy it for where I was. Uh, I was able to, um, to, to get our guys ready to play through having a good staff, to be honest with you. Staff did a great job of, um, you know, strengthening relationships. Um, and I did, a, I, I, with, with their help, I was able to restructure my relationships with the guys because things are different once you become a decision maker and, and, and you're over there playing time. So, uh, but it, it, it was just a, a testament of our will and, and, and determination to, um, to treat each other as people and to, and to d- develop a, a love and affection for one another through the struggle. Also, at what point last year did you kind of realize that it was going to be a special year, whether you were head coach, assistant coach, whatever, that it was going to be a championship year for Texas State? Yeah, I think um, I, th- I think a couple of times where I, I was scratching my head, like, you know what, mm, we, we get this thing figured out, we might be okay. And one of them was the 20-point comeback that we had in Denver, in, um, in around Christmas time. And then the other one was how our guy stepped up and bounced back against UL Lafayette on the road. Um, we lost the first game. We felt like we let the game get away from us. I felt like we were competitive throughout it. And then, you know, um, they just imposed their will down the stretch and they beat us. And then um, we shook back, did not attend a shoot around the next day. It was our first back to back. And our guys came out and they actually finished the next game. And we won um, versus your Lafayette on the road. And I said, you know what? If we can do that, we can do a lot of different. We can do a lot this this season. With that said, though, did you like that schedule where it kind of gave you that chance to quickly forget about, you know, that Friday night loss and, and bounce back for that Saturday game? Yeah, I mean, I come from AAU basketball background. So, you know, we were accustomed to kind of, making quick adjustments and being ready to play. The only thing that I I was concerned about was our durability. So we had to figure out a way how to keep our guys fresh, uh, at, at, to keep them hydrated, and had to really, really do a good job of rehabbing them. So, and then just, just strengthening their minds. So uh, I'm not gonna tell you that I liked it, but I'll, I'll say this, uh, our guys grew up and they were able, to, they learned to deal with it and it worked out in our favor. So, Coach, uh, we were talking a little bit offline before we started uh, started the show. And you were talking about you had a lot of new guys coming in. A lot of the coaches we've talked to, uh, they're having a a lot of guys uh, or a lot of the a lot of their old players coming in. So they have all this experience coming in. In fact, there's a recent article in Mid Major that was talking about how all this great talent has been retained in the Sun Belt. It should make for an interesting year. Is it different at Texas State? Or are you seeing just a bunch of new guys this year? Yeah, well, we're starting, we're brought in six new guys this year. Uh, although we do return four out of five starters, but you know, um, you know, you're only as good as your weakest link. So we understand how grueling the Sun Belt is, how physical of a league it is, and um, and we have some guys who I think can contribute, but it's it's how quickly they pick up on it. You know, so um, it's a process, but we have great leadership. We have four returning starters, all who are extremely intelligent, talented, hard workers. So um, if we can just continue to bring these guys up, the new guys, I think we'll be fine. 
uh, just to pivot just a little bit, Coach, it must have been really disappointing to have that great season, only to have it all upended in the uh, in the in the Sun Belt tournament with uh, Appalachian State getting hot and and getting the bid. And it seems like the Sun Belt keeps trying to find ways of getting the best team uh, into the uh, NCAA tournament, and that seems to rarely work. Do you feel like the 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 the, the tournament situation is is a is the right way to go, or is there some other way the Sun Belt can, what some other process the Sun Belt can do to get their best teams into the tournament? You know what? I don't want to take anything away from Appalachian State. I mean, if you look at it early on, Appalachian State started out with one of the best um, best records in the conference, and then they hit a skid and they hit a rough point. But they were they they're a talented team and they're extremely well coached. And then, um, like you said, it's, it's, it's the tournament. So it's about who gets hot. Um, the only thing I would say to that is, you know, in some, some years, I believe that um, in some tournaments, they have double buys. Maybe that's another way how to kind of, you know, get the, um, you know, get, get the championship, get the championship team a step closer, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, we had opportunities, you know, yeah, you, know, you, gotta we, win. you know, yeah, it's only so much Keith and Kathy can do for us. So, uh, you know, um, being the commissioners and, and, and the coaches, you know, we, we, we have to take advantage of opportunities like making free throws, taking care of the ball, blocking out things of that nature. And, and, uh, and, and sometimes it's, and I'm not saying that we were the best team, but there are times in which the best team has not won, but the team that's playing the best wins. And, and at that point of time, they were playing the best. You have two players that we talked about coming back, Mason Harrell, Caleb Asbury. What makes them so great that they were able to land first team all conference? Yeah, I think I think if you're looking at Caleb, you're looking at a 6'3", you know, close to 6'4 guard who's athletic and who shoots it really well, uh, has a versatile skill set. And, and uh, he's scrappy, probably a better defender than what he gets credit for. But his ability to score it at all three levels and shoot himself open. What I mean by that is sometimes he drives and he's, it's, um, he's you know, he, he's not given an angle and he can just raise up and shoot it over the, the defender's hands. So when you have a guy that's athletic enough to score at the rim and also uh, shooting a ball at a 40-something percent clip from behind the arc, you know, um, it can be a tough cover for guys night in and night out. But if you're talking about our floor general, our leader, and uh, the toughest player that I've ever coached in Mason Harrell, you know, um, sometimes big things come in small packages. And, you know, he, he plays bigger than his size, uh, shot the ball really, really well, led us in almost every statistical category that, that translates into winning. And, um, you know, with his ability to kind of to kind of get under guys and cause havoc defensively and then knock down open shots and then run his team you know, um, you know, and be clutched down a stretch, you know, those guys deserve exactly what they've gotten. And that's, that's the notoriety for being as good as they are. I think you're two weeks now into practice. What would you say early on if, if the game started tomorrow is your team's strength and weakness going into the season? You know, I think if the game started tomorrow, um, familiarity with the starters, you know, being able to um, pick up on some of the things that I know we want to do within the floor of our offense, uh, um, um, you know, certainly continuity with the defense, knowing just, just the starting group is certainly the strength. I think, you know, one of the things is going, you know, is our depth. That's going to be a question right now if the game started tomorrow. 
So I think we got quality players, but you know, certainly we run a system and we want guys to know what it is we're doing and know what it is they're doing. So I would say those two things are strictly personnel related. So now it's year two for, for the uh, Coach Johnson era, which must be exciting for you. But uh, I, I was wondering, is there, is there a game, a conference game on your calendar that you have circled that you have special interest in, 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 in playing? Yeah, I mean, I'm excited about playing them all, to be honest. Oh, come on, coach. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, it's the fun belt for a reason. I mean, I don't know how we can look past anyone, to be honest with you. You know, if you look at our games against um, UL Lafayette last year, of course, you know, th- those come to mind. You know, most of those can think three games that were probably decided by four points or less, you know, uh, in all three you know, I think you got an overtime loss that we had. And then after the, uh, another one, well, we let the ball slip through our hands and they scored it right there. And then, you know, we went at their place after they beat us um, in a game which we led. So certainly that's always a game that, that, that circled on the schedule. But then it's not – I don't know how you overlook a South Alabama or, or, or even how you overlook a, a Georgia State. So um, for us, you know – uh, playing against Coastal Carolina, they're always one of the more talented teams in the league. And then, the, the, the you know, to me, the most dangerous team is a team like Arkansas State brings everybody back who probably has the probably the player of the year in, 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 in the conference, you know, and, you know, um, and for a freshman to, to be unanimous freshman of the year and coming back and then they had a talented player like they did. I mean, it's just going to be a scary team. So, I can go on. I can name, you know, something that's positive about everybody, but I can tell you um, we're not going to overlook anyone. And, um, you know, we're going to try to take it one day at a time. Coach, you, have legit- you don't have to suck up to Jeremy by saying Arkansas State's the, the sleeper. <laughs> you don't have to do it. Uh, he, knows, he knows North Chad O'Meara is the real thing. Man. They're going to be pretty good, man. We're we're pretty excited about our team. With you guys at Texas State, which is, is probably – one of the further teams out West, I guess the furthest team out West, how, what is a more difficult trip, the trip to Boone or the trip to Conway? Uh, the trip to Boone. Yes. Yeah. That's the toughest trip right there. You know, the last time we were in, uh, last time we were in Boone, um, Nigel Pearson, his girlfriend, she, um, she went into labor. So we oh, had, God. To find, yeah, we had to find a way how to get him down the mountain in the snow. So it was a, probably about a hundred dollar Uber drive, you know, he, he and our uh, our assistant at the time, um, Alex uh, Alex Houseleyton, who's now the new assistant at um, at UL Monroe, jumped in the Uber and went down, and he made it just in time. You know, for a healthy eight pound baby girl, so <laughs> big baby. You, you know, that's I feel like that's the hardest thing, uh, not the hardest thing, but that's what's so hard to play in Boone or in Conway is taking that very long trip out there. You get off the bus finally after the long plane ride, you just got to find some way to get that energy and get that feeling. I feel like that's a big plus for Appalachian state when they're playing a home game. It's they got, they've, they've got that trip to soften people up. So uh, I, yeah, I really did want to know that answer because that, that was very not curious. Only, not only that, they have the altitude and then they got some yeah. really good players. <laughs> yes, they do. You, you got a preview of that old uh, Sunbelt ball, though. Last year, like you said, you went to Denver. You get to host them this year as well as making an SEC swing. How did you kind of come up with this schedule, and, and how do you feel that that non-conference schedule is going to help the league? 
I mean, I think that this is probably one of the more challenging schedules we've had since I've been here. You know, a few years back, I believe Nigel Pearson's senior year, we played UNLV, um, Baylor, and um, in Houston all in one season. So I think this this schedule kind of rivals that. Um, you know, certainly playing against an LSU, a team a team out the out the Southeastern Conference, that's going to be extremely athletic. It's going to force us to have to guard. And, uh, and 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 keep them off the offensive glass, and, and so I, I knew that we were going to have teams like that that were going to put us in isolation situations. Georgia State, and um, you know, being have, having a hard time staying in front of the ball versus the guards at Arkansas State. So I knew that that was coming, um, and then also if we can rebound and stay in the game rebounding wise against against a, a Houston who rebounds 41% of their misses, you know, I feel like we can, I, I feel like we can contend with anybody in our conference regarding rebounding. So, um, you know, I, it, it's, it's a challenging schedule. Rice is going to be good. Lamar is going to be good. So I, I like what we have here, but when you got four returning starters, you know, I, I just think that it's time to challenge our guys. Dusty. You know, it's like, you know, you got to step up, man. Is there one in particular that you're looking forward or are you going to just say, I, did, I just need to beat all these guys? Well, I, you know, uh, of course, our guys, anytime you get a chance to play against a Final Four team, they're excited about that. So going down and playing against Coach Sampson, Hollis and Qantas White, Hollis Price and Qantas White are two of my closest friends. You know, uh, we grew up together in New Orleans. And then my associate head coach, Benny Selsa, played for Coach Sampson, and he also coached with Coach Sampson at the University of Oklahoma. So certainly um, that's a family game. My family is extremely excited. My mother, my father, everybody's flying in and driving in and Hollis and Qantas's family, they'll all be there. So um, that that game right there certainly circled because um, at the end of the day, we all win. Uh, we, we're all, um, you know, living a dream right now. And for our parents and grandparents to be able to see us on the floor together, uh, it's, it's going to be a great thing. We had somebody from Louisiana Lafayette on a previous episode. And, and to paraphrase what he said, when, when talking about Cajuns basketball and talking about the schedule, he's like, the home schedule sucks. And if you look around the league, everyone's home schedule sucks because no one wants to travel to Lafayette, to San Marcos, to Mobile. What do you feel is it going to take to get to where the home schedule doesn't suck? (laughs) Um, You know, I know this is going to sound crazy, but at the end of the day, I think that um, administrators – and presidents need to understand what problems that we're having and they need to, they need to, um, they need to think about how they want to evaluate us as coaches regarding wins and losses. Um, and, and they need to probably put more stock into, um, conference play and, um, and how you do in your conference rather than whether or not you make it to the NCAA tournament and, you know, based upon, a one bid league and whether and in, in, in how you do a non-conference when you have to play six games on a road before you can even play a non-division one at home. Um, that's just my opinion. <laughs> so kind of, kind of chasing that a little bit more there, coach, you got a new AD also this past year. And, and I guess it, he'll take credit that he hired you there since you were, you know, Sunbelt conference champs and, and coach of the year. What, what's that relationship been like, knowing that y'all are kind of the new kids on the block there in San Marcos? Yeah, it's almost like we're tied together at the hip. You know, he, he went through an interim process, and then he was able to, 
you know, be named in, um, athletic director and, and, and take on his new role. So, uh, you know, we communicate every day. I've been very transparent with him and he has been very transparent with me. I understand what, what it is that he, he wants to focus on and that's the student athletes. I think we're in alignment right there. Uh, he's a basketball guy, play, played at Lamar. And, uh, you know, I know what his passion is all about. So, um, you know, I, I can appreciate him and, 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 and the trust that he has in me to take this to take this program to the next level. Yeah, we got to talk to a little bit to Mike Bellotto, uh, Arkansas State head coach, uh, a little bit about his team and about his program. But we also got to talk a little bit about Sunbelt basketball in general. And he was very frustrated that the conference, in his opinion, doesn't promote its stars well enough. Do you have the same concerns? Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I have to agree with Mike wholeheartedly. You know, I think we can do a better job of that in every in, in not just in basketball, but in every sport, mm. in every sport. I think there's a lot of talent here. And uh, and I think from a national standpoint, you know, um, we probably need to put forward a little bit more effort into getting those getting those names out there. And I think at the end of the day, it'll, it'll benefit everyone. Yeah, I think uh, Keith Gill might be a little bit too polite and a little bit too uh, doesn't want to ruffle feathers sometimes when it comes to promoting our stars. Unlike a guy like Mike Oresco, who doesn't seem to care about anything that is said about him. He just goes out and promotes the league. I wish Keith would be a little bit more br- brash about that. I think that would behoove our, our, our athletes a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great league and, and, and you know, people need to know about it. Coach, shaking your magic eight ball that I know that every coach has, how do you see this season kind of shaking out for the league as a whole? Uh, it's going to be brutal. I think the team that's the healthiest uh, at the right time is going to be able to, um, you know, be able to be in a good place. Um, you know, super talented league. And I think it's going to come down to just just health, to be honest with you. Um, so um, uh, I think um, – you know, health and in, 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 um, in depth, you know, you got a lot of good players and, you know, what it, the depth wise at Arkansas state, Louisiana, Lafayette, South Alabama, you know, I think, I think, I think you're looking at, you know, three programs that, that, that have the depth to, to go deep into this um, conference play, um, you know, on a, certainly big side on, on, on the plus. So. Is there a dark horse that we should be looking at? I mean, we know Texas State isn't a dark horse. Texas State is pro- is probably one of the uh, one of the guys that's going to be on top. Is there somebody in the conference that's going to make some noise? You know, we hope it's us. To be honest with you, we ho- we hope we're the dark horse. Um, but but <laughs> I, I do believe that. Um, I mean, if 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 I had to name one that I think uh, is going to probably be better than. Everybody thinks I think it's going to be Troy. Troy with Scott Cross. We got to talk to Scott Cross, and he was very modest about his team. But uh, we know that Scott Cross has the talent to make a team uh, uh, very good. And we know that you've had that relation or that sort of adversarial uh, relationship with UTA. Is UTA going to be uh, powerful this year, or you, or you feel like that you've taken that leap ahead of them? No, I mean, I think UTA is always going to be good. You know, I think I think they're – I mean, it's hard to say. You know, you're in Dallas. 
and you're going to get, you're going to bounce back and get some talent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I also think that they're going to have a, a little bit of an adjustment because I don't think GY is going to do it the same way that it was done in the past. I think he wants to do things a little bit different. Uh, he's been a head coach before. He knows what he's doing. So uh, I think, I think they, they've had time to kind of tweak it. So I think it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment, you know, uh, I mean, Shahada's gone. I mean, and, um, and, and he, of course, he was super important to them. And David's back. So um, so I think they're going to try to play through him a little bit more. So it's going to be interesting to see um, how, how they are. But I do think that Coach Cross does a great job. And he's been extremely quiet. And it's always a problem when he's quiet. <laughs> yeah, very quiet. Yeah, very makes everybody very nervous. We asked Scott this question, too. I was going to ask you the question. How do you get people to come to San Marcos? Well, how do you how do you get recruits excited about playing for Texas State? I mean, we got a river that run through the through the through the <laughs> campus and uh, and we got an area, a patch of grass outside and they call it the beach. And um <laughs> And 60 percent of the population on this campus is female. And then I'll just leave it at that. So, I mean, <laughs> it hadn't been very difficult to get people excited about visiting here. Well, now you got me wanting to attend Texas State. <laughs> I'm packing no. my bags. I'm on my way. <laughs> no, but but seriously. Um, and first of all, it's uh, in a great location, Central Texas, you know, being 25 miles away from Austin and 40 miles away from um, San Antonio. So it's a great location, perfect weather, you know. Um, but also our new AD has put forward a lot of great resources to um, to make our football game super exciting. It's 7 so, o'clock. Uh, we have an on-field experience for our football game. And uh, and, and that's really, really that, – that's really been captivating for our recruits. And then the other thing is, man, our guys have done a great job. You know, our, our players have done a great job of understanding who it is they're hosting um, and, and, and putting them in, um, or in, in the social circles that they like. So um, I'm, I've been extremely happy with the way that we've done it and, and went about it. And I'm excited to see how, how this goes moving forward. So you're like the opposite of Scott. Scott's like, yeah, you know, we're out in the middle of the boons. You know, we have to really try to convince people to come here with with a family atmosphere and stuff. And you're just like, man, it is it is just fun to be here at San Marcos. So it sounds yeah. like, in a way, you have an easier time at recruiting because you just got to get people on the campus. Got to get them on the campus. I mean, we got a rental, we, we sixty four million dollar renovation. You know, so we got a new, pretty much new facility over the last three years. So I mean, it's it's it's, it's exciting. So I, you know, um, I think every every place has its own challenges, and uh, you know, and, and you know, I think our challenge is we're we're in Conference USA country, to be honest. Huh. With you. you know, yeah. we got a really good player that that you know Rice wants him, UTSA wants him, you know, North Texas wants him, and Louisiana Tech wants him. So that's our biggest problem right now. Yeah, you know, I often talk about it with Dusty about uh, the sort of the recruiting footprint in our places in Louisiana and Arkansas. But Texas must just be the Wild West with so many great programs out there. It must be a knife fight every time you're out there looking to get a guy. Does it get competitive among coaches or is there just enough meat to go around? Uh, No, it's competitive. It's competitive, (laughs) man, you know, because it's – you know, we, we build these relationships and, and you know, um, you know, recruiting is an emotional, it's an emotional situation. You know, you, you got to be locked in, but at the same time, you know, you got to have options. You got to bring options to your head 
coach, you know, you can't get so wrapped up into one player to where um, to where if you lose that one player, all your eggs are, are in one basket. Um, you're going to get be told no more than you're going to be told yes. Um, certainly, Texas is the hotbed, and I think the best best basketball in the country is being played here right now. So, um, you know, we get our guys to um, cover inside out, cover inside out, recruit your backyard. I mean, I'm just excited about, you know, getting an opportunity to do this again. You know, I, I don't take it lightly. Uh, so I appreciate you guys, you know, wanting to talk to me. And if ever I can talk about Texas State in this program, I'll make time to do it. So um, looking forward to the season. I know it's going to be super exciting. It's going to have some highs and lows. And we're going to try to see if we could uh, find a way to get one day better. And, uh, and just em- embrace all things that are difficult. So we'll be all right. Coach Johnson, we just want one promise from you is that if you guys are coming into Pensacola, right? It's Pensacola this year? Pensacola. We Pensacola? If we're going to Pensacola this year and Texas State Bobcats look like they're going to win the tournament, you're going to come onto the show and tell us about how you did it. Absolutely, 100%. Thank you 100%. very much, Coach. Thanks a lot there, Coach. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.